Welcome to the Weekly Insight Podcast, where we break down the noise of the week and help you understand the psychology of the markets with your host, Andrew Dore at Insight Wealth Group. Good morning. Thank you for joining us in the latest edition of the Weekly Insight Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Andrew Dore. I want to take a moment, first of all, to just get out of the way what we get out of the way every week. And just remind you that what you're about to hear today should not be considered individual investment advice, but instead just our view on what's happening in the market and the economy. If you'd like to discuss your personal portfolio, hey, give us a call. And also, I do have one announcement for our clients that I'd like to make today before we get started. Just a reminder that next week, as we all know, is the celebration of Independence Day. Accordingly, our offices will follow the market calendar, which means the market's going to close at 1 p.m. on Monday the 3rd and be closed on Tuesday the 4th. That will likely impede our ability to get the Weekly Insight podcast and memo out to you as well, so that may be coming on Wednesday the 5th. We're going to try to push it out on Monday, but if we can't get it out to you then, we'll get it out on Wednesday. Now, Let's get on to the business at hand. We've talked a lot, as you know, about Chairman Powell and the Fed and interest rates and everything else. And we talked last week about the latest Fed meeting and some of the messaging that was coming from the Fed about actually increasing rates a couple more times. We had some more meat on that this week, and it turns out Powell sure means what he says, or at least that was the message he was delivering to Congress last week. The Fed is seemingly fully committed to two additional rate hikes this year. The market sort of believes him. There is a strong consensus that the Fed will raise rates to five and a quarter to five and a half percent at the next meeting. That would be a 25 basis point hike. But there is really no consensus right now that the Fed is going any higher than that. But I think it's more notable that there is a strong belief in the marketplace today that the Fed will not cut rates anytime this year. The market is really not seeing rate cuts starting until January of 2024, and that is a notable shift from previous expectations. You may recall me on this podcast telling you that the market was expecting the Fed to get rates down to four and a quarter to four and a half percent by the end of this year. That is now not expected to happen until the middle of next year. Now, we've all heard the Fed talk in the past, and I've talked about it on this podcast, about getting to a quote-unquote sufficiently restrictive interest rate policy. That's what they keep telling us they want to do. But what exactly does that mean? The restrictive part of this quote is easily definable. When the federal funds rate exceeds the rate of inflation, we have officially entered restrictive territory. And if you use the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, core PCE, or at least the one they always tell us is the preferred rate of inflation, they don't seem to be following it. But if you use that measure, core PCE, then interest rate policy exceeded core PCE back in January. That's when we crossed the line into restrictive territory. Okay, but is it really restrictive? Is it restrictive enough? How can we tell if it's having an impact? One way is to look at the banks. There's a survey called the Senior Loan Officer Opinion Survey, also known as the SLOSS. And it tells us a crystal clear story about what lending is looking like in today's environment. The most recent SLOSS came out and showed that nearly 80% of U.S. banks are tightening their lending standards. And demand for loans of all commercial stripes is down dramatically, more than 50%. The real question then becomes what does sufficiently 
mean to the Fed in the phrase sufficiently restrictive? How far do we have to go down this rabbit hole before enough is enough? Right now, it feels like the Fed is just hell-bent on driving us into a recession. Is that what it's going to take to get them to back off? Or is there some magical in-between trigger that will force them to change their tune on interest rate policy? I don't have an answer to what, other than a recession, might force the Fed to back off. But that means we have to instead focus on monitoring these economic conditions and trying to understand where the risks are in today's environment. Now, you've all heard, heck, I've said it on this podcast, the long-accepted definition of a recession, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. If you use that statistic, the current consensus coming from economists is that we will meet that definition later this year. Right now, the consensus expectation from economists is that Q2 GDP will come in at positive 0.1%, Q3 will be negative 0.9 and Q4 negative 0.3 until we get into what they think is going to be a pretty great year next year. The only problem with that expectation for GDP is that the real-time expectations are growing right now, not shrinking. You'll note I said Q2, the expectation was 0.1%. We are now just days away from the end of the quarter. And what we know now is that according to the Atlanta Fed's GDP Now forecast, their expectation for GDP growth for Q2 is almost 2%, well above the 0.1% that economists have been spouting. But there's one other problem with predicting oncoming recessions, and that's the actual definition of a recession, because technically it is not two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. That tends to be an accurate predictor of whether or not a recession will be called, But recessions are actually very specifically technically defined by the National Bureau of Economic Research, the NBER. They define a recession as, quote, a significant decline in economic activity that is spread across the economy and lasts for more than a few months. The NBER also has an extremely specific basket of economic measures that they utilize to determine if there has been this, quote, significant decline in economic activity. Those measures, which include non-farm payrolls, real consumption, employment, industrial production, real personal income, and real manufacturing and trade sales, those all look pretty dang good today. In fact, they use one of these uh, if it's above 100 or below 100 scales. So if it's above 100, that means that they're expanding, they're growing, and if it's below 100, it means they're shrinking. Well, what we know is that every one of those measures, now we don't have the real manufacturing and the real consumption data yet for May, we'll get it here later this week, but every one of those numbers is expanding right now. Simply put, we are not dipping into a recession anytime in the next few months. In the end, I don't really know what the Fed is seeing that the rest of the world isn't. It just might be the ghost of Paul Volcker. And their current policy may end up driving us into a recession, but it is not going to happen soon. And I think that's the thing that I really would like you to remember. The economy is healthy enough right now to bear a little bit of uncertainty from the Fed, even if we are all, and I am at the top of this list, getting impatient for the final act of this play. And when the final act finally does come, it has the potential to be great news. History tells us that the market performs very strongly after the last move in a rate hike cycle. 
as we see in the 1995 rate hikes, the 2018 rate hikes, 2006, 84, 89, all of them, the market was expansionary in the next 12 months following the last rate hike. The only time we weren't was in 2000 when we ended up dipping into a recession coming out of 9-11. We are getting close. We are getting very close to the Fed being done. And for right now, as long as the economy continues to stand up and look pretty healthy, that's sufficiently good news for us. I'll leave it there this week. As always, if you have questions, feel free to give us a call here at the office, 515-273-1333, or you can always visit us on the web at www.insightwealthgroup.com. I hope you have a fantastic week. If we don't talk before then, I hope you really enjoy your Independence Day holiday and are able to spend some time with family and friends. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Securities offered through Arte Wealth Management, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, NFA. Investment advisory services offered through Arte Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment firm.